I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Richard Deitch and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. It is the Emergency Podcast. We haven't done a ton of these, but I wanted to do one today because USC and UCLA heading to the Big Ten has a lot of media implications. No better person to talk about this with than my colleague at The Athletic, Andy Staples. He's a senior writer there who covers college football. He's the host of his own very successful podcast, The Andy Staples Show and Friends, which is a podcast about college football. And you will also hear him on College Sports on Sirius XM, filling in as a host and obviously a frequent guest. Andy and I worked at Sports Illustrated for a long time together before we uh, headed over to The Athletic. And pleased to be joined by Andy Staples of The Athletic. Andy, thank you for for popping on today. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, this is... uh Lots of emergency po- emergency podcasts floating around <laughs> these days, Richard. It, that that was a it was a bomb, and it's one yeah. of those things that we kind of speculated about. And I actually wrote a column. I think it was two days after Texas and Oklahoma said they were going to the SEC last summer that the Big Ten should raid the Pac-12. But it's one of those until that it actually happens, you're like, right. oh, this they're never actually going to do this. They're doing this, and then they did it. All right, so I wanna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with sort of a very broad, writ large kind of question about what happened, and then I'm gonna go a little granular into the media part of this. Uh, and you and Nicole Arbach, Stu Mandel, you guys have been really good at when, um, and others at the Athletic when it comes to writing about this stuff. I think you guys are always on point about the how much the media sort of companies are part of this equation and when I say media companies Fox ESPN and obviously now we're going to have some other potential players NBC CBS Apple Amazon etc all right so Andy first off you know I, I don't cover college football like you do on a daily basis and quite frankly as a New Yorker like it's not part of my DNA I just my audience knows that I'll just be blunt I find it obviously interesting it's a great sport but you know I didn't grow up with it the way someone like you did, you know, to me, like I grew up in a, in a world of Yankees, Mets and, uh, get the hell on the subway. Um, so this, but this feels massively seismic to me. Like the the idea of USC and UCLA, these very famous West coast powers going to the big 10 for one thing, it just like, it seems like inconceivable in a 1980s, 1990s kind of framework, but here we are. And then the other thing, and I know you've been on top of this, and this is where I want to start. It, it seems like everything is pointing to two Super Leagues with the SEC and the Big Ten, and then some formula of like mini Supers or smaller minis. Can, if you can extrapolate, let's say, in the next year to three years, like what is this all going to look like? Because it seems very clear like we're having two superpowers – and then, I don't know, maybe two or three mini superpowers, and then the rest, hey, the rest is the rest. Well, no, there's two superpowers in the rest. Okay. That's it. That's, I, think, I think that was made clear yesterday. And so 
if you've not read a book called The Club, which details how the Premier League formed in England, it would be very educational for you to read that if you're a college football fan, because this is very similar. And now college football is a little bit further along in its evolution than, than English soccer was when the Premier League formed. But it is the basically the transition of a regionalized mom and pop operation that is beloved at the grassroots level into a corporate large behemoth backed by media dollars. That is essentially what this is. Now, college football's march toward this began in 1984 when the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the universities of Georgia and Oklahoma against the NCAA, which had control over everybody's football TV rights at the time. And it's weird because it, we're actually moving back toward a single seller of TV rights or two sellers of TV rights, which obviously increases the, the dollar figures. The, they had a single seller system, but the thing is the NCAA didn't know how to use it. Like they had rules about how often you could be on TV. And then there were, there were days when the, when the South might get Appalachian state and Wofford when, you know, South Carolina and Clemson were playing each other and it, it didn't make any sense. And so when the Supreme Court broke that up, everybody started selling their own rights as, as conferences. And that's how the consolidation began. So this, this conference consolidation and this realignment has been going on really since the late 80s, early 90s. And there's been several iterations of it. The, the major ones are the early 90s when the SEC added Arkansas and South Carolina, started a championship game. The Big Ten added Penn State. The eight, Florida State joined the... Basically, it became uncool to be an independent. Uh, the, the Big East picked up a lot of the other East Coast independents. Then you get to the early 2000s with the ACC beginning to raid the Big East because they uh, John Swafford recognized that if they didn't, the Big East was going to gut them. So they gutted the Big East first. Then you get to the, the, the end of the first decade of the 2000s. Larry Scott becomes the commissioner of the Pac-12, Pac-10, and looks at the landscape and goes, oh, I need a massive media footprint because everybody's making cable channels. The Big Ten's got a successful cable channel. So I need a massive media footprint that I can sell to cable companies at $1.35 a subscription per month. And so let's go get Texas and Texas A&M and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And so he planned to raid half the Big 12 and it almost worked. The only thing was he'd never negotiated with Texas Athletic Director Lost Dodds before, did not realize that he was going to have an okey-doke pulled on him. Dodds was playing one side against the other, got a favorable deal from the Big 12, got to create the Longhorn Network, which in turn kept the Big 12 together, but then started the next round of realignment because Texas A&M and Missouri were like, well, this sucks. Let's go to the SEC. So this is and all of this just keeps happening over and over and over again. And you get to this, this level of consolidation. And we kept saying, oh, it's going to be four super conferences or this and this and this. It became very clear when Texas and Oklahoma moved to the SEC, there are only two super conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten. And the question was, will the Big Ten stand pat and let the SEC continue to accumulate more power, or will the Big Ten make a move and be a planet of equal size? And that's what they are. They are going to be a planet of equal size. Those two leagues are going to move step for step. They will be the power leagues in college football. Everybody else will be a level below. And... We'll see what happens to it. Uh, I asked a question in a column on, on Friday. 
do they act like the NFL and the AFL did in the sixties where they're separate entities and maybe they play their champions play at the end of the year? Or do they act like the NFC and the AFC do now where they eventually merge their business and sell their rights as one, which I know ESPN and Fox aren't, wouldn't be looking forward to that because the price goes up if that happens, but it'll also require the SEC and the big 10 to agree on things, which historically has, has been an issue. All right, that's a really good primer. And before I get to the Big Ten uh, media rights negotiations, I want to ask you about the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the ACC. Because as you, I think, stated rather eloquently, even if there are two superpowers, those games will still be of interest to a group of fans. And while it might not be 10 million, you know, 15 million Ohio State, Michigan, there, you know, you you that you can get at least in its current form, close to a million for some of these games, depending on if it's big matchups. So this inventory would still matter somewhere. What's your expectation, especially because the Pac-12 has a media rights deal coming up, as you know? Big 12 just hired a new commissioner. Essentially, the main job there is right to get some kind of media dollars for his conference. The ACC at the moment is locked in with the grant of rights agreement. That, that basically keeps all these members together through 2036. But as you and others have written, lawyers and everyone else are trying to see, can you get out of this? and Or if you get out of it, can you make money on the other side where, you know what I mean, whatever the cost is to obviously leave, these, leave the ACC, you make up for it in future rights deals if you join the Big Ten or the SEC. So let's, we'll take each individual one first, Andy. Where do you, in your opinion, where's the, where does the Pac-12 now stand in terms of one, I guess, continuing on and two, getting any kind of media deal for what they got. It depends on what happens to who's left because this looks like USC and UCLA did this under the cover of night, which means that Oregon and Washington and Utah probably have not asked the Big Ten, hey, would you consider us? Which I think they're probably asking right now. Yeah, and, and, I'm, sure, and I think, I'm sure the answer is going to be yes, right? I'm on Oregon. would be a great coup. I think the answer might be yes, especially yeah. you take a pair of those and, and you make them travel partners or you take all three of those and you have like a five-team division out West that you basically, and, and you could probably have them be a mini conference for all their other sports. So you're not flying volleyball players across the country on a Tuesday night. Yeah. But we don't know what they're going to do. We, we don't know what the Big Ten's answer to that question is because Big Ten maybe we don't know if the Big Ten is chasing markets, chasing brands. My guess is chasing brands because that's, that's what matters now. It's not peak cable anymore. You're not looking at market size. You're not looking right. at, oh, Comcast has X number of subscribers in this market. We got to make sure we get carriage on, on Comcast. That's not even going to matter in 10 years. So there's, there's a question of, do they, do they go south to try to just really become a national, a, a national conference, league, whatever you want to call it? I don't Landscape? It's a conference seems like a small word for this, but so like North Carolina, Georgia Tech, Miami, would they make sense for them? And that's again, the ACC and the grand rights, which is a whole other can of worms, which by the way, I am writing a story on later Friday and you'll be able to read it on the athletic. So nice. it, that's the question is what's next. And then what does the SEC do? do the, does the SEC respond in kind to UCLA and USC or do they sit pat and say, okay, now everybody's, got the same number of members, do we see if they make another move? It would seem logical that there's another move to be made for both parties. For the SEC, 
listen, Clemson would love to get out of the ACC at this point. You, you take Clemson. Clemson's an SEC school, has always been an SEC school culturally that has happened to be in the ACC. Florida State has turned, you know, turned down the SEC in the 90s. Would have loved to join in the, in the 2010s, but didn't get an invite. That's another one. Miami, I'm curious about that. Uh, North Carolina, both leagues would want them. NC State, maybe the SEC would want them. So there's, there's options there for everybody. I do see more expansion. And it's funny, until Texas moved last year, I was like, okay, I think the big expansion may be done for a while because I thought Texas would never move to the SEC. And Texas to the Big Ten was, was difficult contractually because they had that Longhorn Network deal that runs with ESPN in, I think, to 2030. So Texas to the ACC was the only other thing that made sense. When Texas moved to the SEC, that said, that, that was the signal flare, hey, everything's on the table. And really, it just depended on when the Big Ten wanted to move. And, and so now they're, they're moving. But as for the Pac-12, let's say you lose another two. You're really vulnerable. I mean, yeah. if I'm Brett, Brett Yormark, the new Big 12 commissioner, I just go get what's left of the Pac-12. I take the best of what's left and put it in the Big 12. Because right now, you're looking at a 12-team Big 12 going forward once Texas and Oklahoma leave. You can bop that up to 16, have the Arizona schools, Cal and Stanford, if you get them. I mean, you want Oregon and Washington if you can get them, but I'm not sure they're going to be there. If you can get Utah, that'd be awesome, but I, I don't know if they're going to be there. And that would be a really good conference. Now, conversely, if you are George Slavkov in the Pac-12, you could try to do the same thing with TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and, and maybe Houston. I don't know. Maybe you want UCF and, and BYU in that league. You know, the Pac-12 was always very academically snobbish. I don't yeah. think they're, they can afford to be snobs anymore. You know, they, they, would, ne- they would never take BYU. They would never take a, a religious school. They, they've, got private, they've got a private school or had one in, in USC. USC, but, yeah. But the idea of taking a, a church-based school, I think the other schools were, were not in favor of that. Now, I think you have to examine all your options. Do you think the – I mean, again, you've sort of just stated it's probably not going to stay, but – if in the current state of the Big 12, Kansas, Baylor, K-State, obviously Kansas is a great basketball program, different football, um, TCU, well, the, big, the Big 12 has the last two men's national, national basketball champs. Yeah, yeah. So what I was going to get to is like if – how appealing do you think that is for a media rights partner if it doesn't change? And Because that's because I will say that – for me, as writing about this stuff on a media end, um, I'll acknowledge it's it's a little it's tricky sometimes to sort of figure out the national popularity of like when a Cincinnati pops up. Do you know what I mean to be great one year? Yeah. Or a Houston pops up because like they that conference has had some significant players, but it the reality is it doesn't have like no offense to Cincinnati, but like it just doesn't have the cachet of. Texas or Oklahoma. No, it doesn't. Now, even if they have like, you know what I mean? Even if they have one year where they go 12 and right. 13. Right, and, and that's that's the problem. And you're never going to make as much money with what you have now as what you would have made with Texas and Oklahoma. You're just not. Right. And you can say, well, UCF has a very bright future, and I'd agree with you. That's a school that was founded, you know, several, several decades behind everybody else and really didn't have a major 
athletic program until kind of the turn of this century. So they're so far behind in terms of donors and, and they're generations behind, but they're pumping out graduates. And I think in 30 years, that's, that could be potentially a powerhouse, but yeah. it's not that valuable a brand right now compared to Texas, Oklahoma, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington. So that's where it becomes an issue. And I think they've always known they're not going to make as much as they did when Texas and Oklahoma were with them. They'd like to get close to that because it keeps the gap slightly lower than, than what it would have been with the SEC and the Big Ten. But it, the, the, S, the gap between the SEC, the Big Ten, and everybody else is going to be massive. It's going to be huge. I mean, the SEC and the Big Ten, they're looking at getting between you know, 70 and $100 million a year Per school. per school from television over the next yeah, 10 years. We'll get to that. And that's just not going right, to happen so let, anywhere else. So let's, all right, we'll get to that. One last thing on the Big 12, and that is um, negotiations, as I mentioned, on their next contract begin in 2024. Uh, and looking at some details here, uh, conference distributed a little over $42 million in revenue. It was actually a really good deal. Like the, the old deals. Yeah, in, I was going to say like. And, and they get to yeah, sell their. The reality is. They get to sell their third tier rights individually ahead. in the Big 12. So there's like what, yeah. like what the Pac-12 distributes for the Pac-12 network. Each Big 12 school gets on its own. And that is added to that $42 million. Yeah, they, you're right. Well, I was sort of just going to like sort of leave it as like they they at least have a history of like not a bad deal. But given where, you know, again, as Andy sort of just pointed out there, they won't be as weak as the Pac-12, but they're in a weakened state just as you head forward. And you have to just think about like what the CBS is and the Foxes and the ESPNs and the Apples and the Amazons like they, they're 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 looking at the inventory. Yeah. They're looking at that product and they have to make a decision how many viewers if you're a linear television network how many viewers are going to watch it if you're an amazon or an apple will we get enough subscribers to actually pay for this product that's a very challenging thing without these brand names all right so let's get and speaking of brand names so let's get to the big 10 andy um there's been a lot of reporting on this on this podcast two weeks ago uh jimmy pataro in a discussion about the big 10 basically said like we're in negotiations we want this it's really important to us if the conference thinks about putting games on a um, direct-to-consumer streaming platform only. We hope they consider ESPN Plus. It's been reported many I, times. I want, I want it all on Disney Plus, Richard. ESPN Plus's interface sucks. <laughs> Seriously, if Disney if Disney Plus can uh, handle the traffic of, of when a Mandalorian episode drops, they can handle the traffic of a big college football game. They can. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a whole other conversation. Um, so. Pataro obviously wants that. Obviously, Fox has already cut its deal with the Big Ten, so they have half the inventory now. Very clearly, CBS wants in. They have a 3.30 time slot. NBC has made it clear they want in. Um, John Orant. Uh, well, well CBS, very, CBS very good doesn't on. have any time slot. They're, they're out in 2023. 20, correct. In 2023, they are long-term. They are not out. Correct. Good point. So just to sort of give the listeners like a little bit of background, um, when it comes to the new players, John O'Rand, as of yesterday, reported Apple uh, made a call to the Big Ten, clearly sort of saying like, we are very interested as bidders now that, um, um, you know, now that USC and, and, and UCLA are part of your mix. All right, Andy. So now this leads us to this. Prior to everything that was happening, right, these guys were looking at a minimum 
of doubling their old deal. I would say a minimum. So 2x off the $440 million that they currently get in annual rights. I now think they are well over a billion dollars yes. they, they were going over a billion anyway. They just added. Probably. So, so let me ask you this, because this is obviously a media podcast. I would think that this invent- – they to me, they can almost name their price now because, like, it is such valuable real estate to have these Big Ten schools, which can bring you in multiple millions of viewers, to now add USC and UCLA, two major brands, two major brands in Southern California. Um, I, I, I mean, again, I don't know what it's going to be compared to the SEC deal, but I think we are now looking at a billion-dollar college football deal for sure. You, I oh, absolutely. You and, and what makes this interesting, and the Apple thing is very interesting to me because I don't know what the framework of the deal was. Clearly, the Big Ten's been working on this with US, USC and UCLA. So their negotiations with the networks probably had something to do with that. Now, I'm sure Fox has been informed of all this all the way. They're partners in the Big Ten network. They're, they're running they're, the negotiations. They're, they're, uh, advisor, they're adv- yeah, they're yeah. advisors so, exactly to the Big Ten. So, yes. And, and it's interesting that an LSU fan uh, posted a tweet from 2011 where the LSU president at the time said that uh, at some point it's just going to be two super conferences, Fox and ESPN. Which, wow. Wow. I know. It's a, they just nailed it. But so if you're the Big Ten... Now, I've always, I've been wondering about this forever. If you're the Big Ten, do you have to do anything with ESPN? Because I, I think this is the first time in, in the recent history of college football that you didn't have to make a deal with ESPN because before the thought was ESPN is not going to talk about you if you don't have the games on their air. Uh, if they don't talk about you, then you become less relevant. But their linear television is going down the tubes shoulder programming barely exists anymore like nobody watches college football live nobody cares what anybody says on college football live anymore the the conversations are generated here on podcasts or on social media so you can you can generate your own conversation it doesn't require that platform anymore but i do think it's it's valuable in recruiting, I think. Yeah. You you know this better than me. Would you agree that like I mean I don't know I understand that a sixteen year old. I think that's old, changing too, Richard. Like, it's thinks, it's thinks, like when, I agree. Thinks about ESP. It thinks about ESPN differently than me and yeah. you do. But so here's my only but here. Does a six like does a sixteen year old care about like ESPN's TikTok account? Like does they, that still they matter? They care about or whoever their has social a big media TikTok stuff? account. Whoever that yeah. is, Apple's got a bigger right, TikTok right. account. So so yeah. <laughs> and and so. Here, that that's the part I'm interested in is they've made it very clear they want to split this thing up, kind of like the NFL does, and yes, as they should. That's how you so get more money. Fox is going to get first choice. They're going to get the the bulk of the good inventory. I would assume you you, you do a package with ESPN, but do you do you split off another two packages now? Because you've just added 24 games. Well, if you bump it up right. to 28 games, that would be two games a week. So do you do you slide NBC a package to run bookended with with Notre Prime Dame, time. or do you slide CBS a package yeah. to replace the SEC? And oh, by the way, they're going to need to. Uh, do you slide? You know, the CBS add a Big Ten game at three thirty Eastern to replace that SEC game? Do you slide Apple a game? And, and here's where here's where I say your Apple game is, and and I, I don't know. I'm curious to see how you feel about this. 
Your Apple game is Ohio State at Purdue on Friday night at 8 p.m. Right, exactly. So here, let me, let, I'm glad you brought that up because this is where I was going to go with you. So, like, I think your thought process is exactly how these guys are thinking in the room. There's a great case to make, in my opinion, about selling this to CBS. They'll pay. It's a great window. They are... Pr- and you don't even have to give them the, anywhere near the best game. You give them like a the fifth They're already game. proven in terms of being able to help build the brand. They're going to give you a quality production. They're going to put great announcers and all that stuff on it. So you're, you're getting what your conference wants, which is one money and then sort of two, like a high-end product. The Apple thing or Amazon is the most interesting one to me. So I'll yep. sort of, we'll, we'll have this conversation. We've watched Apple's baseball product, which is really more mm-hmm. just for testing. No one's watching it. It's just basically sort of there to sort of test. The MLS deal obviously was major. Right. That's their real investment there were, there in the sport. There's some, some They're gonna, you know, math wizardry there where the MLS has to cover production costs so they could say, oh, we got this much from Apple right. when you so really the, didn't. So this is what I'm getting to. And I don't really know the question. You will have a better feel for this than me. How deep a passion is it for like that kind of quality game? You know, like Michigan, Purdue, or whatever. If Ohio you State, have, Indiana. If you have, would will the fan, will the fan pay? Will in Ohio? I guess it really just be blunt. Will would an Ohio State fan pay? I'll make this up. Six dollars a month just to have access to that game because that's the whole calculation for Apple. Then after that, you can get into will they produce it high quality? Will they invest their own um, infrastructure? But that's the one I. So never it won't really it won't be the deal with the MLS out. like. If Apple or Amazon yeah. gets that deal, they're paying the production cost on it. Uh, and right, okay. Let me put it this way: If you have Ohio State one week, Michigan the next week, Michigan State the next week, Penn State the next week, even if they're on the road, especially if they're on the road, of course people are going to buy that. You think of people are, even if it's a blowout? I mean, even if it's what if it's not? 14, Ohio State over Purdue. I guess you're right. So that's really the thing is what if what if it what if it's Appalachian State beat Michigan well, that one week? Funny that you bring up that, that game. You Do you know it? what why that game is is important in media history? Yeah, it was like where was it? Was where the was the first it aired? game in Big Ten this. Network history? And I just remember right. wanting to that's call right. and scream at my cable company, like, how can We're I not, not see it. this? Yep. Find a way to let me see this. Do you? How do you feel as someone who f- covers and writes about this stuff? Do you think the importance of having a having high caliber games on a linear product still means something to the conference? Meaning that, like, will it be important for the Big Ten for showcase games to still be on CBS, Fox, ABC, as opposed to, let's just say, hypothetically, I'm making this up. Apple goes nuts and just like goes 4x, but it, for 4x, we want a little bit better inventory. How does the conference feel about I that? Still, I, I think they, they understand that the bulk of their fans, the bulk of people still want still are going to watch it in a linear fashion. Uh, over the air especially. I, I think over the air has made a... Because you think about this, the only way over the air supports itself, well, you got retransmission fees, but really it's ads. And so you need Correct. to deliver the biggest audience so you can sell ads against it. What delivers... A, the, what's the only thing that delivers a reliably big audience that actually sits and watches it live sports so i mean the premium on that's pretty high right now so you've got that part of it but i will say 
like my 75 year old mother-in-law everything she watches is streaming she's got youtube tv she's got netflix she's got amazon prime she's got stars all of all it on streaming she knows how to use the apps on her tv it's the, the learning curve on that is not steep and especially with amazon prime with disney plus apple tv plus we'll see because uh, that app's actually fairly easy to use. They just, th their shows have kind of stunk. Like the morning show stinks. If they, if they, other than Ted Lasso. Yeah, it's like yeah. Ted Lasso. If, if yeah, they could have, it. if they could yeah. launch like a Stranger Things level kind of show or a Mandalorian level kind of show, then the learning curve goes down. And I, I really I don't agree. think we're that far away from everybody just getting their stuff through streaming. I mean, I, I was I, I was looking I on Twitter yesterday and I and randomly some guy was complaining to DirecTV because the cables on the box didn't match the, the the inputs on the TV anymore. And I'm like, "What year are you tweeting from, dude?" <laughs> there are still some people like you'd be surprised some people with rabbit ears still. Um so I know that you're a college football guy and that this is all obviously about college football because that is where the money comes in. Um, do you see, not that they have any power to do anything, but how do you see this impacting like the minor sports? I'm obviously, you yeah. know, I covered women's basketball for a long time in Sports Illustrated. It's a, um, it's a sport that I care about. I hate seeing USC and UCLA leave the Pac 12 because it's a great women's basketball league, but I get it. Like that doesn't pay the bills. Football does. Do you, I mean, do these will these schools just figure they now it out? Have more I mean, money again, to pay Andy, for them it gets back at, to at like, those schools. They do, but it's such a joke to like call these guys like to to like actually like wax poetic at all about academics, and then send these students two thousand miles across the country for these games, interrupting schools. I mean, they're just they're all professionalized now. Even in some ways, the smaller sports yeah, are going to be professional. I, I actually think the the way those sports are governed is going to change. I think football is going to be governed by its own entity. And you're going to see the other sports governed by different right. entities. And what you may see is co conferences will form around the other sports. You know, there's sports the NCAA doesn't sponsor, like rodeo and water skiing and, and all those that have their own conferences right. that are geographically based, peer institutions, which is what the conferences used to be. And my guess is it'll go back to that. And some as a cost-cutting measure, some as a lifestyle measure. And look, the sports that don't make any money, it doesn't matter. You don't need to be flying them across the country. Figure out a way to make that work locally. Do you, um, you have any thoughts on the NCAA men's basketball tournament? I know Dane O'Neill just wrote a piece on that. Does, you know, the, uh, you know, the reality is like that, that the bringing UCLA into the Big Ten, I mean, I guess they're going to be in the tournament anyway, right? But it does, it does, it would, it does because of the quality of that school in particular. That does change the Big Ten basketball. I mean, the Big Ten was already pretty good, at basketball, and then when you get into so. some, it was. But you get into your scenario too, like if 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 like North Carolina mm -hmm. like moves from the ACC well, to here, the here, SEC, like the thing, some of the schools yeah. that you mentioned, they have that you know Kansas. There are some here's major the thing major with the basketball tournament. With in basketball. If the schools are smart, and given what we've seen, there's no guarantee they are, but if they are smart, they will continue to stage the basketball tournament in a similar fashion. Now, it does not have to be run through the NCAA, but a large... Right. Although there's a con that contract goes through 
thirty with CBS and Turner through. Yeah, yeah so it's like I mean, I guess if the, the schools NCAA are the NCAA, NCAA they could form, they could dissolve it if they wanted to. Yeah. So that's here's true, the thing. Right. I think that tournament single elimination. 64 team bracket. I, I know it's 68, but it's really 64. It's a great, perfect right. TV event, especially in the age of, of states legalizing online gambling. Like it's perfect. They don't yep. need to change it. It will just increase in value, but they've got to figure out a way to change how, change where the money flows, I think, because here's the thing. Yeah, you know, it's it's being used to fund a lot of schools at the bottom now. And that's great, but those schools are not as important as they think they are. Everybody thinks, oh, well, if you don't have Cinderella, the NCAA tournament's not great. It's not as good, but it's still a fun tournament as long as you've got Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, Villanova, all those. And you're still going to have those. So... What, what the NCAA has been warned by some of these power conferences is you think you have all this leverage, but if we take Kentucky and North Carolina and Duke away from you, you have nothing. So you need to snap two here. And so I, they're going to have to figure out amongst themselves how to run that tournament and still make that money. It shouldn't be that hard because the model is good. The model they have now is good. Now, do you do you want to cut down Division One by a little bit? Maybe, you know, you could cut Division One in half and still have plenty of Cinderellas. But that's that's something that they're going to have to figure out. But but the thing is, the football top division needs to be small compared to the basketball top, and, and it kind of is now. So the football top, the the FBS in football is 130 schools. It's 355 in basketball. I right. think so. It, in basketball, so right, exactly. It is smaller, but but it, let's say the football one goes to forty in its top division. You still want to have like one hundred fifty in basketball because you still you still want Cinderella. I want to co- do uh, three more quick topics here, and then I'll get you out of here. Um, all right, the first one is ESPN, and I need you to sort of crystal ball a little bit here. Um, you know, the, the, the sports that have – ESPN is going to obviously always have a college football footprint. They have the SEC essentially. That said, Andy, you've been around long enough to know that when ESPN doesn't necessarily have a property, use the case of the NHL, they bury it. They don't cover it. And then when they get like the NHL back as they have now, much more resources and thrown there. If ESPN for some reason isn't part of the Big Ten – and again, I don't believe that will be the case. I think the Big Ten will eventually include them in some package, even if it's smaller. But let's let's sort of play it out that they they don't have a piece of the games. Do you do you anticipate ESPN covering the Big Ten less, or is it so big, so important that this you can't this property not where you, you can't, can't do it? Yeah, you, meaning like game day game day right. still goes you to Big Ten. You can't not cover Ohio State and Michigan. Pete Thamel, whatever. You, you can't not cover yeah, USC. That's my thought. Like okay. it, it's it is too big. And that's what I keep saying is they don't need ESPN anymore. Now, yeah. I think the lever just now, flipped a little bit. ESPN buying up all of the SEC, I think, was a critical move for them. Because like I mentioned earlier, when I said I'd love to see it on Disney+, Plus, I'm not, I'm sort of speculating there. We all know the streaming services are going to consolidate. 
including probably the ones Disney owns. Like, what is Hulu except somewhere that the networks dumped their stuff into a streaming service before they realize, oh, wait, why don't we just have our own streaming service? So Hulu probably goes away at some point. And then ESPN Plus is, is, is their way of milking a little more money out of you for niche sports, but it's not a solution, like a standalone solution. I'm not sure I agree with you on that, though. I mean, they're between their soccer purchases, between their other purchases. I mean, it, you know, I think eventually the, the I mean, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I think the mothership program. Well, eventually well, why, why put it on ESPN, ESPN Plus, Plus when you if could just have a if your thought, Disney if, Plus? Well, I get it. Your thought is that you might just have like a super Disney. Right. And play, this is, like this is only, hub, this right? is only and then me, within Disney Plus. It's only me really wanting the box section. across the top to be like Mickey Mouse, Cinderella. Uh, Darth Vader, and then Nick Saban dressed as Thanos. Like that—that's what I want. But, <laughs> but no, I mean the SEC. I and I, I've said this: we may come to a point where we realize that Nick Saban is important is as important to the Disney company as Darth Vader is. I don't. I mean, I, I'm not going to go there because of the. Multiple billions. How many of dollars billions of dollars are they going to want to pay for the from. SEC? He will be a major asset. No, he's he is he he under your premise, he's an absolute major asset for the Disney Corporation. Because, because I, those I are the fans that. that will, and that's why the SEC network launch was the most successful cable network launch. Because those are the fans that will burn something down if they can't see a game. Yeah. Second part. Second one. It's very clear Urban Meyer's heading back to Fox uh, to do uh, big noon kickoff. I, I mean, I reported this a while ago. It, it, I don't think there's a contract. Everybody knows it. But it's, I think it's, yeah, it's a it's distinction without a difference. Uh, difference without whatever that phrase is. So, clearly, I think, like, the Ohio State fan base will welcome Urban and like to hear him talk. What I want to get from you is, because you're more connected to college football fans than I am, um, do, is there any blowback from non-Ohio State fans Remember, seeing that dude on air? Or Richard, they're probably going on the road every mark. They're going to do it like game day. That's correct. The signs are going to be right. amazing. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be... Tough, I, tough I'm not sure how long it will last with him people. on the road, to be honest with you, in non-Columbus cities. Like, he will be chanted at, about he will that. be mocked mercilessly, yeah. and the signs are going to be filthy. You don't think they play into that? Like you don't you don't think he, he wrestling heals no. it up a little bit to try to uh, He doesn't have that in him. Sell that that, that would no. require okay. a level you of self awareness that does not exist. Yeah. So, well, I agree with you on that. That's true. Okay, you know what? That's I'm glad you pointed that out because I'm gonna pay attention to that. That's good for me because I didn't I'm not sure I've fully contemplated that show on the road, which it clearly wants yeah. to do. Just imagine and what's like that because Lansing you know what a lot of times in September. Yeah. I know. You know the as a fan of pro wrestling, sometimes you can't control exactly. the crowd, Andy. You don't know what that crowd's going to do. Yeah, all right. That's good. I like that. All right, I like that one. All right, my last one for you here. I, I When I was on Twitter, I used to tweet. Paw Patrol that. rankings Just, versus Skip Bayless? My I'm all players. for it. <laughs> well, no, that's that's a long time ago. Yeah, it's another life. Um, no, this this I always dreamed of this happening. So I wanted you to tell me if, if there's any prospect ever of this or something similar like this. I've always loved, not I shouldn't say love, I should say this. 
I'm very much a supporter of players being paid. I obviously like name, image, likeness. I think it's a, it's a good step. I still think, though, they're ultimately the product. And look and, and think about all these dollar figures that we're throw, Andy and I are throwing around for the Big Ten, et cetera, et cetera. Do you ever see a scenario, Andy, where semifinals or the na- of the uh, college football playoffs or the national championship game where players would literally not come to the field and say, unless the networks pay us X amount of dollars or put X amount of dollars into some kind of fund, we are not coming out here to play. Oh, I know this I was mean, the Richard, subject th- of a movie gonna, not too long it, ago, but like... It's not going to happen. Ever, because you think that can ever happen as we head forward? Gonna, they're going to be employees of the schools and there's going to be a CBA. I mean, that that's actually the only okay. right, way well, they can that make would be rules good. and enforce yeah. them. The, the current environment... If they try to yeah. make any new rules, they will get taken to federal court. Those rules will get kicked and there will be nothing they can do about it. The only way you can not get sued into oblivion is to bring the players to the table, have a CBA. And I don't know if you can do an official union because you're dealing with a lot of state universities and a lot of different state labor laws, but you can have a bargaining unit that is right. representative that... Does each does he does each player then, given their position or standing, are they able to you think in the future negotiate? What they're doing what now, they're, Richard, like can uh, Arch well, Manning actually, negotiate what a different deal? Done for 150 deal? years. Well, that's so. they're doing that. Yeah, right. Well, they're doing that with name, image, and likeness. But I'm talking about with the again. With the when you get to a point, the school is paying the quarterback a certain amount of money. That's what they're doing now. All right. Like anybody who thinks they okay. weren't going to use name, image, and okay. likeness to pay them for their value as football players is really naive. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is good. This it's, is getting closer getting to what I want then. Although I still, I talked to Mike, Michael McCann once and I sort of, I think I posed this to him like, like why couldn't a, col- a famous college football player negotiate with another network, a competing Wait, network. This is season three and, like, of Ballers. Well, maybe not a patch because maybe the uniform. <laughs> with that, with, I know. With no I understanding idea, of how USC like, television rights famous... get sold. <laughs> yeah. Some are like Arch Manning, like just cutting a deal with ESPN to wear like an well, ESPN. He's going to be at ESPN anyway. He's, he's, he's going to be a, a, uh, yeah. yeah. We got to get Arch a Fox yeah, patch. Right, I'll go, I'll gotta, I got to do better with my scenarios here. There you go. There it is. That's that's my scenario. All right, listen, Andy. I mean, you're gonna once again be busy for it seems like for the next five months here because all this stuff is uh, is going to be never ending. But uh, yesterday was a fascinating day, man. In in, they in American the sports Rubicon. and in, in college football. Um, and I know you. They did, and I know you've been you know you've been all over that book, the club, how the English Premier League became the wildest, richest, most disruptive force in sports. I think not, you were ahead. Not of the ahead curve of Greg Sankey because he read it. Um, he might have gotten a copy this. before uh, it came out. <laughs> what a business! Oh man, uh, Andy Staples is a senior writer for the Athletic, covers college football. He's the host of the Andy Staples and Friends podcast. Check that out. That's always. Uh, uh, you know, sitting on the top charts there, doing really, really well. And then obviously you can hear Andy on SiriusXM's College Sports uh, Networks. Andy, man, really good of you to do this, to come on. I know it's a very, very busy time for you, but uh, but I wanted to get someone who's a college football expert to sort of talk about the combination of uh, or the confluence of media and uh, and college football. So Thank you, Richard. Great. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on the Sports Media Podcast. All right, back in the studio. My thanks to Andy uh, Stables for coming on these emergency podcasts. That was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, he's far. He's much more schooled in this, uh, in the realities of college football than uh, than I am. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. And, uh, it's a really important topic. So I wanted to get somebody 
ASAP on the news. Thanks, Patrick Antonetti, for turning this around super quick. I really appreciate uh, him doing that, especially as we're heading to uh, holiday weekend. Happy Canada Day to all the people who will listen to this from Canada. Happy Fourth of July, obviously, to everybody in the States. Uh, have fun. Be safe. Uh, head to the archives. Obviously, there's uh, a lot of good conversations that have happened in the last couple of weeks. Uh, TJ Quint on uh, Brittany Griner's uh, case and reporting. Check that out. How to cover a historic sports team in the future of Formula One with Lindsey Adler and Adam Stern. Uh, G- ESPN chairman Jimmy Pitaro was a guest on this podcast, 63 minutes, including a lot of college football talk. So check that out. We have Monica McNutt of ESPN coming up next week. That's already been taped, and uh, that'll be the next podcast. That'll be pretty good. If you like this stuff, uh, leave us a five-star review and a nice note wherever you listen to your podcast. It's uh, always much appreciated. All right, for Patrick uh, and everybody else here, happy Canada Day, happy 4th of July. We'll see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast.